brief. Be fucked! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Water Cooler Podcast. This one, we're going to be talking about uh, the first season of Deadwood. I'm the host, Mike Marbach, and if you could introduce yourself going around to the right. Frank Farrell. Rob O'Neill. Daniel Corkery. <laughs> Sheila Master. Thank you all for enunciating so beautifully. Uh... Yeah, so we're here to talk about uh, Deadwood, the first season of Deadwood, and uh, it is it is a lot. Uh, so what I'm going to do is give a brief overview, set the stage for uh, the discussion in terms of what's um, happening on the show, uh, and then we're going to dive into some uh, thoughts uh, and then the, uh, the general storylines and kind of explore the show through through that. Uh, so season one, very very basic. Very basic summary. Uh, Sheriff Seth Bullock and Sal Star leave Montana to open up a hardware store in Deadwood. Uh, around the same time, Wild Bill Hickok comes to town with uh, Jane and Charlie. Uh, Al Swearingen is the owner-operator of the Gem Saloon and has his hands in everything in Deadwood. Uh, with the help of Johnny and Dan uh, and a band of misfits, he is the grease that keeps things moving and the glue that holds things together as long as both of those things serve his interests. Uh, the Garretts are a couple from New York that arrive in town to strike it rich with a gold claim, but things don't exactly go as planned. Uh, Cy Tolliver uh, opens up a somewhat rival establishment to the gent known as the Bella Union, with assistance from associates Eddie and Joni. Uh, E.B. Farnham is a hotel owner uh, who's, uh, who is always looking out for his, uh, his own interests while uh, looking out for Al as well. Uh, Tom Nuttall opens the uh, opens uh, owns the number ten saloon, uh, which uh, offers some gambling, uh, which some of our regulars frequent, uh, including uh, Wild Bill Hickok and Con Stapleton. Uh, under all of this is the prospect of being pulled into the union, which pushes and pulls people in different directions throughout the series, including season one. That's the. <laughs> did you write that synopsis? I did. Uh, oh, no, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> covers uh, it. The very, very <laughs> basics of things, mm-hmm. not getting into the actual storylines, uh, because that's what we're here to discuss. So I tried to cover uh, exactly that. Um, so I want to ask you all. We're here discussing Deadwood. Why? Mm-hmm. What What is it that you like about the show? We'll start with Rob. It's uh, more than anything. I love the dialogue. And I love the actors that are on it and Mm. just the quality of their performances. For sure. But the dialogue is so, like, it's nothing gets me more excited than some of, like, the meaty dialogue that they get to deliver on that show and how well they deliver it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's thrilling. We were talking about Marvel movies a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. I get more excited at, like, some line that Jane has on Deadwood than I do at any kind of big battle in, like, an action movie, you know? Yeah. Um, It's just so well written. Yeah, there's so many... Just great lines throughout this, uh, even just this this season one, mm-hmm. uh, and then when they go on those longer monologues, mm-hmm. uh, even better, almost Shakespearean. Uh, Dan, um, I think because the show confirms what I've always believed, which is that the true cowboys and American heroes are small business owners, <laughs> and it's ultimately a show about small business owners, which are the backbone of. <clears throat> America, even before they become a part of America. Mm. No, I would. um, I, I, what I really liked about the show, and I, as it goes further along and as you go to season two and season three, I guess it does the same thing that a lot of like the peak TV stuff did, where it's like there's the line between good and bad is blurry and there's this and that. But what drew me in about the show is it did seem that like Timothy Oliphant as Seth Bullock is like pretty incorruptible. 
and it's it's often as you go into the sh- further into the show, it's to a fault, and he's mm-hmm. wrong a lot. Yeah. But um, and Al Swearingen is like pretty not evil, but he's he's a bad guy. Yeah, uh, he's a, and then as you go into further into season two, he's doing things for at least the right reasons, or he's looking out for sometimes more than just his his own interest. But mm-hmm. so it does become murky the way that all the shows from the past twenty years have. But I do yeah. like. I do like that there are these just I like those two characters, the clarity of them, and then I love all the other characters. I mean similar to Rob, it's just the characters are fun and uh to see them talk in a way that I can't tell if people did talk back then. Like <laughs> yeah. it does is some of the yeah. sometimes the way they talk does read like mm-hmm. civil war letters that you would hear on like a Ken Burns documentary, but other times it's like it's insane. Mm-hmm. It's how Shakespearean and, and lofty it is. Like mm-hmm. E. B. Farnham in particular, sure. um he talks so above his station that he's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I think he's the only one. No, he might not be the only one, but they he, they give E.B. soliloquies. Yep. Where yeah. he's standing in the doorframe watching things happen mm-hmm. and just like festering in paranoia. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And narrating as, mm-hmm. as things as things go on. Yeah. Um, Sheila? Uh, two things. I love the, like, that every character on the show has, like, some growth. Like, and, I mean, we're just talking about season one right now, um, but, like, throughout the entire series, like, you see smaller characters like Ellsworth really, like, develop into very interesting characters, Mm -hmm. or very interesting um, backstory. Um, And then the second is, that opening credit scene is just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like, it's this, you know, the look of all of it is just, like, really beautiful. I hadn't rewatched the series in a couple years, uh, but that's definitely been one of my favorite things as we've as we've uh, as I have gone back and watched over the last basically three days the the first season again is just that um, that opening. Mm-hmm. I've watched it each time. Like if, if I, I was watching it on uh, HBO Go, but if it, if Netflix had it and it gave me the option to skip intro, I pass. Wow, yeah. I yeah. pass. It's a good intro. Yeah, Frank, I love Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love Cowboys. Yeah, next. <laughs> love Cowboys. Um, you know what? Uh, Robin said this to me um, right when I first started watching. Robin said that it's all your favorite. You know, he, he brought up the the actors. It's all your favorite character actors. Mm-hmm. It's like the boy is it the mm-hmm. star. It's like it's nice to see like a starring thing that kind of went under the radar. I think on HBO, mm-hmm. like I didn't have HBO. Like, so I, like the only way I was watching HBO shows was like people had to be really into it. So like I would like rent The Wire or Sopranos. So it was mm-hmm. years later I saw Deadwood. I think it gets away with some things because it went under the radar and so like it gets to have like Powers Booth who has yeah. been like mm-hmm. 30 like 40 years worth of yeah. like side roles and yeah. then they give him this like uh, operatic like bad guy mm-hmm. uh, may he rest in peace yeah yeah R.I.P. and like I don't even think I don't think Oliphant was big at this point I feel like this is his big break I think mean, um, he was more stage before that before it yeah, yeah. he had yeah. some small movies but like I think this really turned things for him first thing mm-hmm. I remember him being was the evil porn producer he was very oh. good he was very good yeah, yeah. Girl, yeah, next girl next door, door. Yeah. yeah oh right yeah. I was thinking you were gonna say Scream too. Oh yeah, because oh. he's teamed up with Laurie Metcalf. That's right. It's Scream Two. That's right. Laurie Metcalf. Is I was Scream Two. Yeah, yeah. Wow. not to spoil uh, Scream Two. That was my way around it. Laurie Metcalf. I feel like, I, I, feel like yeah. I, knew him, I knew him. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was like him and Andrew Keegan were like 
fell in love in in a movie, and I can't I can't think mm. of what that movie was called. But yeah, I always get uh, Timothy Oliphant and Josh Dumal mm. confused. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, and in my head, what's that? It's understandable. Yeah. Uh, in my head, it was Josh that was in the girl next. Oh, oh. cool. Oh. Um, Josh was in. Uh, uh, win a date with Tad Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> no, the girl next door also had Paul Dano. Yes. Mm. Who, oh, right. Yeah. Another, yeah. like, uh, who's yeah. like an Oscar yeah, like, contender. Yes. I remember that being yeah. decent, half decent. I like that the movie. movie. Oh, yeah. no, it was a good great. movie. Yeah. yeah. Welcome it's back to the podcast, podcast next door. <laughs> yeah. um, um, w- watching with, um, you know, I've been going back and watching Game of Thrones. Uh, and early Game of Thrones, I think, has this thing. Like, I love Game of Thrones now. I think it's so cool that they have this huge budget that they can throw at. That's this big success. But even, like, early Game of Thrones, and this reminds me, I think it's so beautiful because it reminds me of the, um, especially when it wasn't the the darling of HBO it reminds me of the economy of uh, like they they really capture something on like a pretty small budget that's yeah. really mm-hmm. they just really. spend their money on set and costume yeah. and yeah. just let people talk in rooms to each other yeah. and it's great mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's got that I love that Cohen brother vibe I think uh, that's that vibe of like talking above your status is so Cohen brothers I mean so like western yeah and also um, this is sort of a uh, just a funny thing about like the so each season is not covering a long period of time. So yeah. one thing that I it, it got a kick out of watching is like if somebody got punched in the face yeah. for the next like three episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so so their makeup person was like really on yeah. top of it with like with their, their script or whatever. Like no, he mm-hmm. still has a sore on his yeah. eye yeah. Yeah. that yeah. he is like healing and scabbing over. Mm-hmm. It was just a weird thing. Um, oh, that's my favorite when Wild Bill tells Jack McCall that your dropped eye looks like a cunt. <laughs> yeah. So the coward Jack. McCormick. When well, the first the first time that I watched this, um, I got into it because my roommate <clears throat> was, had gotten her wisdom teeth out, and we just like rented this from the public library and and would was watching all of it. Um, and that character we definitely only referred to as cunt eye from yeah. like that point on. <laughs> That's how we knew him. I think we fit our quota for people who are. Willing to be comfortable saying that? that. (laughs) Seven minutes. Uh, I think think it's safe to say that this is a Deadwood podcast. You're going to hear some cunts. You're going to hear some cocksuckers. You're going to hear some fucking. Mm. Um, From everyone except for Dan and Frank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this has a, uh, an explicit rating, for sure. Do you remember like when Deadwood first came out, how scandalous the language was? Mm. Yeah. And now, like it, going back and watching my time, I'm like, yeah, okay, the language is huge, but I feel like that's really... They curse a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like they, they curse a lot. They curse a lot, which is like mm-hmm. the same as everything. I don't know why people were so shocked by that. And it's a thoughtful choice, too, because it's mm-hmm. purposefully anachronistic, because yeah. you can read, like, in the trivia that, like, they were, you know, David Milch was looking at actual writing of the time, and they would say things like, oh, blast or wretch or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, that was the curse word of the time. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense for modern audiences. So they mm-hmm. actually figured out a vocabulary where it's like, they, they're they just obsessed with the word cocksucker. They say it mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one said no cocksucker time. back then. But and there's yeah. something, and like, this is like my American bias. There's something about like Ian McShane, Shakespeareanly trained mm-hmm. actor. Yeah. He like knows how to say it in a way that it sounds like poetry. Yeah. Like, yeah. It yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, make the profane poetic. He, everybody pretty much hit on my feelings about the show um the uh supporting characters the character actors getting those uh more feature roles uh definitely hits with me but even the 
uh, character actors that don't get the featured roles are still on the show. Like, watching this first season, I've seen multiple people that you see in sitcom bars mm-hmm. uh, uh, being uh, outlaws. Um, like, right from the, one of the very first scenes in Deadwood, there was that, I, I don't know the guy's name, um, but he's he's in so many sitcoms, so many sitcom episodes. The guy in Montana, like, right before he Yeah, leaves. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's in multiple things, uh, and there's different people throughout the series. Well, like, Major Dad is, like, the overarching, like, villain. Yeah. 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 So not training. season one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I feel like some... I don't know. if Does Stephen Tobolowsky come up in season one? Or is he season he's two? Season two. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, like, yeah. people like him, like, he'll walk mm-hmm. into it, and you're like, oh, of course he's here. It would have been rude not <laughs> to invite him to be on the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or Pruitt Taylor Vince, the guy who has the, I think he's season two too, but the guy that has the shifty eye, that's mm-hmm. the killer in that movie, Identity. Yeah, you know, and uh, Prescott Wolcott, yeah. uh, Mr. Wolcott, uh, from, again, I think he's season two or three at this point, mm-hmm. where he's uh, the lawyer or prospector for Hearst that comes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also Jack McCall. Yeah, I mean, we're the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Garrett. Garrett oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Boy, oh boy, was I excited when that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I just like the, the, the way that they've used actors that wouldn't traditionally get these uh, sorts of roles um, more prominently, anyway. Uh, all right. <clears throat> I'd like to jump into some different storylines, uh, so it'll be a little more free-flowing as, uh, as things come up. Um, one of the things I liked uh, as we go through, and we'll start smaller, uh, is just how they go about getting the hardware store built. Um, Starting with the tents and then moving on, like the different negotiations uh, between um, Saul, Seth, and Swearingen. Um, any thoughts? I mean, I I like. Sorry, you want to go? I I like Saul a lot as a character mm-hmm. because he seems like a. Um, he's one of the characters who I'm like, oh, I think I would try to. I think I would probably be him. Where it's like I would just try to stay out of trouble. And if yeah. my friend was like getting in trouble, I'd be. Like, if you want me to go, I'll go. I would rather you not get in like a fight or a shootout, but like I'll go if I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like because like Bullock is supposed to be this like, you know, he's representing good, but I feel like Saw is the one who like kind of helps keep him on track. For yeah. Sure. And like I think you know, like that's just like what an interesting uh, place to be in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's Seth. just pragmatic, too. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I don't know. Seth has a temper. Right. A mm-hmm. big temper that uh, will very quickly show itself, and uh, Saul is there a lot of times, like, doing whatever he can to calm, calm the situation. Well, like, Dan, like, made the joke about small business, but I think, like, going in... Like, even, like, at the beginning of the first episode, you're like, I know what this is going to be. Like, this guy is a sheriff, and he's going to come in, and he's going to see that swear engine's bad, Mm -hmm. and then he's going to instantly become the sheriff. Like, he's going to, like... And it's kind of that, but it really is, like... It doesn't happen exactly like that. No, it doesn't happen like that. It's very much as, like, I just want... This stinks. I just want to open up a small business. Yeah. I just want to sell some shovels. I just want to sell some shovels and like, please don't like he like it feels like with Sarah Swear Engine. He's always like, please don't be bad. Like, please don't make me become a sheriff. Like, he feels like he's pleading with him the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. you can run the town, whatever. Don't yeah. be bad. I, yeah. I mean, it is a funny thing about their. I guess I mean they're going to move west because that's where the business is because they're trying to sell things for people. Like, nobody wants a pickaxe in like Philadelphia or or New York or whatever. Right. But, like, it is funny where it's like, what do you think is going to happen when you go to a lawless place? Like, yeah. I don't know. It it was funny seeing the opening scene is there 
leaving Montana, um, having to hang a guy right. so that other people don't shoot a guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but just in the, for the sort of for the sake of the law or whatever, and then mm. they go there and they set up their tent and I don't know, yeah, talk just on on that point when they are in Montana and they're. Um, uh, hanging the guy so the other people would not shoot the guy because uh, they were the original plan was to take him to um, uh, somewhere for for a trial or to be turned in or something and, and and Seth was just like fuck it we'll do it right here on the porch uh, and one of my favorite lines uh, in that first episode is just like do you have any last words or anything help me with my fucking fall <laughs> uh, yeah. Swear Engine's so good too. Like Swear Engine, like even though he is like ostensibly the bad guy, like I I root for him every single time. Right. I'm like very anti Psy. I'm like, oh, I hope Psy doesn't win. Like you know, like Swear Engine. Well, yeah. Engine's bad, but Psy is way worse. A monster. He's evil. Yeah. He yeah. is straight up a monster. And that I mean, I know we're only talking about season one, but ultimately, Swear Engine is one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on he's on the good team at least by. As the show progresses, yeah, by the like nature of what he wants, like ultimately, like he's just like a weird, like uh, for the good, like he's like the uh, he's he's a and he's also the one that wants Bullock to wear the sheriff's badge yeah. in town because he know he understands how Bullock operates right. and realizes that he's good to have him in the pocket. Yeah, so he's, he's like an a, asset. He's a he's a he's a believer. If Ayn Rand had been alive, he'd be an, uh, the objectivist. I, I was going to say when, when talking, I was like, if you're a libertarian, you definitely are. Swearingen's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want big government coming in. He right. doesn't kill Swedish families on the road. He just takes a cut when other people right. do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the original offers were for... Because uh, they're trying to get this hardware store built. It, it's a tent they're renting from... Uh, from Swear Engine, 20 bucks a day or something like that. Uh, and then they sit down multiple times, uh, both at a table and kind of just so like walking through the, the thoroughfare uh, to try and get a, um, a deal in place. Uh, Swear Engine ultimately uh, gives them their, um, their store, their land for something like a thousand bucks and um, assurances that they're not going to do any uh, gambling, any whoring, as they put it. Uh, and, uh, something else, um, any drinks, uh, that it's, that it's just going to be a, a hardware store. Um, and one of my favorite parts is when, uh, Swearingen actually makes his way into the place. They're having a discussion about something else, which I'm sure will come up. Uh, and he takes a look around before he leaves. He's like, nice fucking job here. Yeah. 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 Did a nice fucking job here. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, we're going to move on to... The storyline, which uh, covers a little bit more ground, uh, and it's the slaughter of the family that is uh, headed to uh, Minnesota, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the survival of Sophia, uh, as we learn her name is. Uh, so the, the the gist there is it was said that it was going to be Native Americans uh, who uh, killed these people. Um, but it ends up not being Native Americans. They are uh, road agents, mm-hmm. uh, as they say a ton throughout this first season. Road agents, road agents, road agents. Uh, that of Al's, uh, Al's Swearingen's, who end up doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's more to the story, uh, of course. But what are your what are your thoughts on that particular thread? I liked it. I like I like that storyline. It was it was. I mean, that's the clear storyline that brings 
starts having people interact with each other mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yep. Um, and uh, that that was where the thing I said at the beginning of where Al did seem like arch mm-hmm. and evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was because of that in the very beginning. Yeah. So that was episode one. That was by episode two that was happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, well, we got to kill this little girl. She doesn't name these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then even the decision to like, well, I'm going to, for practical reasons, I'm just going to kill this guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, all, all, all these things happened to, it was very, it was very, um, mafia esque mm-hmm. of, um, but it was great because it brings, uh, Alma in eventually. Um, it, Trixie's one of my favorite characters in the show yeah. Yeah. and Trixie becomes a much more well-rounded character. We see, like we meet Trixie, um, being like abused mm-hmm. and right. then, um, defending herself when she was being abused and then for her trouble, she gets abused again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just is like one of the strongest characters in the show. Mm-hmm. And, um, her like being, a, a caretaker, like sort of co mother to Sophia is really nice. Um, we have like, we meet the doctor more through that storyline and his, mm-hmm. and he like, he's instantly somebody that's like, I think as an audience member, like I trust because he like knows the world and he's very like oh you, like they will kill her I know how this town works right yeah um, another character actor Brad yeah. Dourif uh, Gremel uh, Gremel Wormtongue Chucky from the Lord of the Rings and, oh and yeah and Chucky mm-hmm. yeah. Billy 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 Bibbit. yeah Billy Bibbit. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it also brings together uh, Seth and Wild Bill Hickok because uh, Seth is out on the um, uh, what is it called the thoroughfare whatever they call it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's the thoroughfare. Yeah. Uh, so they're on the thoroughfare, uh, and the uh, one guy from the, um, uh, I don't know, whatever you call him. Well, the um, one road, road agent. agent. Yeah, the one road agent. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. They say it a billion times. Uh, one road agent uh, comes uh, to Seth and says, like, I've seen horrible things. Yeah. Uh, and Seth's like, okay, what'd you see? Um, well, I saw... a. A family that was kind of uh, ripped up and torn, and and right away, like uh, in a blink, Seth is like, "I don't believe this guy's story." Yeah, uh, so he's like, "Okay, why don't we go to uh, the saloon? You can tell everybody if you saw this. We should probably go out there, and we'll go, and we'll we'll you'll uh, let everybody know." Uh, and you can see the guy is like super hesitant to get into this. It was uh, just but, such bad luck for that guy because yeah. all he wanted to do was go up to a crowd of people and like start the scuttlebutt going, yeah, yeah. and be like, "Oh, I heard, th- I heard a bunch of uh, like <laughs> Native Americans, yeah. <laughs> beat up this and murdered this family. <laughs> Pass it on. Yeah. It's like the Tim Robinson sketch when he's like." My babysitter was late. There was a hit and run, yeah, and he just gets stuck. And he just gets stuck having to be like, "Well, I mean, I, I was, you know, they're like, you said four, was it five? Yeah, and he's like, well, I don't remember exactly. I was scared. It was scary for me. And they're like, all right, let's go find it. Let's go tell everybody. Let's go tell everybody who can like there could be consequences from like go to the saloon where everybody is and tell them. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I this might is, not have seen anything. It's great too, because it's like up to that point, you're not sure. Like, so here's, here's a confession is I didn't know it was based on real life until like wild Bill Hickok. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I thought maybe wild Bill Hickok was just being in a, like a historical fiction thing. And then, like, after I was like, oh, this is, like, real. This is, like, uh, this is, like, or based on real characters, at least. Mm -hmm. Like, the event of, like, Bill Hickok's death and stuff. But, like, it's, that was a nice moment where, like, you're not sure if Bill Hickok's full of shit yet. Mm -hmm. Like, and, like, the way he, like, kind of, like, 
he reacts and like with Seth, like you're like, oh, okay, he actually does know what he's doing because he comes in and you're like, oh, is he just like living on this legend? He like mm-hmm. has like the gambling problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. imagine he was like an empty suit guy. Yeah, yeah. The two of like the two of them forming their their bond and their friendship, like that was such a significant point, mm-hmm. especially because like you know he his two companions, um, Utter and Jane, Calamity Jane. Like, yeah, oh my god, I love her. Um, like, they both are very loyal to him and very much there for him, but they yeah. don't, they don't fundamentally understand him the mm-hmm. way Bullock does, and mm-hmm. it's so it was like just very cool to see the two of them like find their their yeah. kinship, um, and like yeah, just like how desperate uh, Utter was to try and get Bullock to. To like basically save Hickok, but you know it doesn't work. Yeah, Jane's acting kind of as um, a best friend, love interest almost, uh, and Utter's acting as a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I just want him to just we'll, we'll set you up with an appearance fee. You can go over here and do you know and whatever. Uh, and uh, Bill's like, I just want to fucking I want to drink and I want to play poker. Uh, mm-hmm. And if it's losing a poker, then it's losing a poker. Um, I like he knows too when he gets to the belly union that they're letting him win, and then mm-hmm. he goes back to yeah, because mm-hmm. um, he's no he's no stupid. Yeah, he's yeah. no stupid. Yeah. Uh, he's no stupid. Well, and it also like <laughs> with yeah. <laughs> like not to jump too far ahead in that storyline, but when when the two of them both like when Bullock and Hickok both draw on the guy. Mm-hmm. And they say that they're not sure, like, who it was that shot him. Like, yeah. it, that also gives so much credit to Bullock at that mm-hmm. point. Because, like, this guy's so well-known as a draw. Mm-hmm. And if he was just as good, like, you know that he's not someone to fuck with. Yeah. Um, Although Bullock does say something along the lines of, my money be on you. Well, yeah, but yeah. that's because he's nice. Like, well, he sure, was just, like, exactly. he was just being a yeah. good guy. But and we're also not there. seeing uh, Hickok at his at his prime. Uh, I don't know if he's losing his sight. What is what his deal is, um, or just needs glasses? Because mm-hmm. you you have those moments where you see him reaching for um, uh, a pitcher and not quite getting there, and Charlie will be like, "Oh, let me get that for you." Mm-hmm. Well, that's like the DTs, right? He's is he's it? an alcoholic. Is, I thought that's what it was. I, so. I thought he had the yeah. chase yeah. because uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's drinking. Okay. And I think, but I think that would affect everything. Oh, it would definitely sure. affect him, his ability to accurately grab a gun and shoot somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Hasn't had a drink yet. Yeah. Uh, so they go out to... Uh, they get a, a band of people together uh, who run out to uh, ride out a uh, posse uh, ride out to the uh, location. They do find that one girl, Sophia, uh, and they do find that uh, this isn't quite what it what it seemed. Uh, and while this is happening, uh, Swearingen's trying to calm everybody down because he's worried about his business. Because uh, one of his spies uh, <laughs> runs over. Uh, so everybody says, keep drinking. Yeah, keep everybody around the house yeah. while we're. Don't yeah. be a hero. Yeah. This can wait till tomorrow. And then he's walking away, and then the he ends that scene by going by going. Uh, and for the next fifteen minutes, pussies pussies have price. <laughs> um, yeah, he is. Keep all the guys there for another five minutes. Yeah, right. Uh, that's. <laughs> That's all he cares about, and you see him do things like this multiple times throughout the uh, uh, th- th- throughout the series. Um, yeah, so they go out and they bring everybody back, and they end up um, shooting the guy, uh, as we we discussed, um, right in the eye. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so this girl is uh, laid up 
uh, and uh, slowly making a recovery. Doc is being super protective of uh, of her because he he pretty much called what was what the deal was mm-hmm. uh, that it was uh, road agents. She was very TV sick. Like, oh, for sure. She, yes. had, she yeah. had this weird ailment where she was comatose. Yeah. Like she's <laughs> eventually comes out of it with. A functioning brain yeah. had not lost enough oxygen <laughs> yeah. to be yeah. brain dead. All of a sudden you yeah. wake up and you're like, Whoa. She was being eaten by wolves. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what Saul found her, right? Their wolves yeah. were like sniffing around. And... Yeah, she had wolf bites. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe she's that rabid. comes up in, not to jump ahead again, but that comes up in season three, too, where uh, Doc and Alma sit down on a bench and try mm-hmm. and figure out, like, we actually don't know what's happened to Sophia. We don't know if she yeah. saw her parents murdered yeah. mm-hmm. or if she just has no idea. Like, either way, it's bad. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, I also think that there was she was scared, uh, and she was she was definitely playing for the people that were caring for her. Because then you have that moment where uh, Swearingen comes in and confronts um, Jane, mm-hmm. and she just breaks down, yeah. breaks down crying. You better not fucking come here, yeah. fucking I'm gonna go. Uh, and he uh, scared me. <laughs> yeah, so sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then I love when Charlie's like trying to comfort her because there's no comforting her. Mm-hmm. She's always yeah. going to be offended. He's like, "Well, you weren't the you weren't the first. Who said I was the fucking first? <laughs> yeah. You be the fucking first, fucker. Sun ain't rose on the day I heed your advice. Oh man, this is gonna be the unpopular opinion. I think that actress is so goofy. I I know you all love her. Love I, her. I love her. I think it's a wild choice. Yeah, yeah. it's to have. It's her. a big choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet she would clear her throat and she would sound different, or she would like finish chewing whenever she was chewing. <laughs> uh, so they have that quick confrontation. She breaks. She folds like a house of cards, uh, and he goes and he pinches Sophia, uh, and then she her eyes wide open. He's like. Well, hello there. Something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, look who's awake. Uh, so I think that she was playing. So yeah, they, I mean, they instructed her to not. To, but for a little while, she seemed out of it. Oh they didn't yeah, know what was going yeah. on? Yeah. Either way, it was TV sick. Where he gave her um, the treatment of like a dirty, wet rag on her forehead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine he was yeah. like letting a lot of her blood. I don't know what medicine was like in that. <laughs> I don't know when they stopped bloodletting, but they definitely did the the treatment of. Putting her inside, yes, yeah, and a wet rag on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as to where wounds won't fester. Um, uh, yeah, so they end up killing the main person because Dan Dan Doherty will not murder this girl. Uh, yeah, Al wants her, this girl murdered because uh, she he fears that she can identify, even though she can't even speak English. Um, uh, identify the people that did this that worked for him and that wouldn't be good for business wouldn't be good for anybody uh, and uh, Dan and the doc come up with this plan um, which then further uh, becomes basically Jane uh, as they put it you you know the weirdest thing uh, the the uh, the drunk that runs around with Hickok absconded with the girl <laughs> um, and then calls the uh, the other guy up to his office uh, and he's like, you want me to, you know, let us remember this, this, um, one moment, uh, where he's like, uh, I'll go, th- this is the other guy talking, uh, I'll go, you know, to the outskirts of town, I'll lay low, uh, and 
you can slip me messages under a rock. And each day I'll come by and I'll check under the rock for a message. And if you left me something and you know there's like a question, I'll answer the message and I'll mm-hmm. put it back under the rock. <laughs> and now it's just like, that's right, fuck this. That's maybe my favorite type of scene in any kind of movie is where the weasel is in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And they're doing anything they yeah. can <laughs> to talk their way out of it. And they're about to get their throat cut. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite scene and in movies. this series yeah. is... Um, <laughs> Flush with weasels. Yeah. Uh, you have this guy, you have Jimmy Irons, um, Tommy something or other. Leon. Uh, oh, Leon. That's and Leon. Con. Yeah. And, and Con, yeah. Con's and E.B. E.B. Oh, for the sure. Sweaty he's, he's weasel. King weasel. Yeah. He's yeah. King Weasel. But, like, oh. the oh. boss type, like, the Al type or the Tony mm. Soprano type will always, like, politely listen to them and then kill them. Because <laughs> <Yeah. like, laughs> it's TV. Yeah. So I'll let them be like, mm-hmm. yeah. okay. Uh, so that brings that storyline to a close for the most part. Uh, they killed other guy and there's no more worrying about who identifies identifies who um uh anything anything more you want to say on those oh i do like how i know i'm sorry i keep skipping ahead but like this show is also really good at every little thing that happens matters Mm -hmm. um because even that like that when he pinches sophia's arm to wake her up and see that she's awake. That comes back later, probably seasons later, where Swearingen goes to visit Alma, and the first thing Sophia does when she sees him is just grabs her arm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So it's like every detail is completely significant mm-hmm. in this show. Yeah, it's because <clears throat> Milch is an insane person. He remembers yeah. everything. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, he was just, if I'm not mistaken, diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, God. <clears throat> What? Yeah, there's an article that Matt Zoller Seitz wrote. Uh, oh yeah, because he visited the set of the movie, and they said he's he was less hands on than he was on the show um, because he's uh, yeah apparent. I mean, he's quoted a lot in it, and he seems like he's you know still thoughtful and smart. But yeah. I don't. It mm-hmm. seems like a matter of time. Unfortunately, and that that's rough. so sad. That's yeah. that a bummer. Um, we go to the arrival of the Bella Union. Sai has come to town. Uh, and there was some other business, I can't remember what it was, that sold to, um, sold to Cy, uh, and Al is up in arms about this. And, yeah. yeah, it uh, was, it was a hotel. It was another, it was another hotel. hotel. Uh, so he sells to, sells to them, uh, and then we have, yeah, we have the Bella Union, uh, the confrontations, or the, the meeting, I would say, of Cy and, uh, which ultimately becomes confrontational, of, uh, Cy and Al. What do you? Uh, what stands out in that general storyline? Um, anything at all? Well, I mean, for me, when they first came, I was like, I was curious because I think the appearance was they were going to be like the more. Um, I thought they represented maybe a more like this is becoming an established place kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're going to be more legitimate, like cleaner business in general. Mm-hmm. Like even Powers Booth to Ian McShane, like even the yeah. their well their characters. Like he's a, he's a little bit more well put together, yeah, far less greasy. Yeah, yeah. Then and it's like a nicer, like ritzier joint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe they'll be like. Uh, I, I was curious. I knew they were gonna butt heads, and I knew they were gonna contrast them in some way. Yeah. But I I made the mistake of thinking like, well, maybe they'll be the quote unquote good one, even though it's kind of on a scale. And then it's like, oh no, um, Tolliver's like um, a more purely just evil yeah um and he's very quick to just like i want to hurt people mm-hmm. and i'm going to abuse people um for not for even for even more selfish reasons like swearden's selfish reasons ultimately are always like 
they're sort of for the good of Deadwood because he wills them to be for the good of Deadwood, but mm-hmm. size stuff is completely like, well, it made me feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems like, because he's so sadistic, he just, like, all of his workers are, live in such fear of him because it is very clear that he likes to break people down. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, why he is the bigger monster. Like, oh, God, that guy's... <laughs> One thing that's weird is I wonder why Joni gets such a pass with him. Because she gives reference to her time. Like, he, he took mm-hmm. her in... I forget the exact details of it, but it seemed like a bad situation. She ended up falling in with him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she wasn't treated better than any of the other women in his stable. So I wonder how she got to be, like, an advisor. I guess it's just that she's smart Maybe he likes her. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel like Joni's the most terrified of him. Like, I always... Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, I think that their relationship is, like, a really cool, like, interesting contrast because I always feel like they're... Like, it like, highlights, like, Cy, like, doesn't really care about her. Like, they're almost, like, purely professional in a way where, like, Al has his fucked up things with Trixie. Like, he's, like... Mm-hmm. Al's, like, as close to, like, love as, as he oh, can get. I, I would argue that Cy, it's not real love the way, like, non-psychopaths have it, but he does love Joni in the sense of, like, I think he desires to own her more than oh, anybody yes. else. Yeah, so yeah, I think yes. I'm agreeing with you, but I, I think he thinks that he loves her. Yeah, at least I, early on, and, like, she... Like, there's that weird... Uh, scene when he walks in on her and they reveal like her um, sexuality and he's uh, there's this I mean he's a he's a creep and that's at the, this point he, we know that he's like uh, his mask is fully slipped or whatever yeah but I do think I think he holds her up because because he quote unquote loves her mm. and she's competent too yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, I mean we're really burying the lead this is when I was like oh I'm, I'm I love the series. Ricky J. Ricky J. Ricky J is the best. Yeah. Ricky J cuz Ricky J is such a Is that Eddie? Ed, yeah, yeah, he's, Eddie, yeah. He's yeah. just never not played himself. Like he's never done an accent or anything. He's just like, yeah. "Hey, yeah, welcome to the welcome to the Bell of the I want to see a card trick." Yeah. <laughs> he wrote an episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, RIP Ricky J too. God, this is mm. this, this, this is a uh, Yeah, for the for the movie, we're going to be down uh, Richardson. Yeah, we're going to be down. Um, I guess Ricky J. Yeah, uh, and uh, who did I just mention? Power Booth. Yeah, and also uh, there's some people that are not in it. I think that are still alive, but just couldn't do it for mm. scheduling reasons. Like Titus Weller is not in it. Um, I can't think of the actors. Peter Jason, who plays uh, Con Stapleton, isn't mm-hmm. in it, which is a shame because yeah. they're all a lot of flavor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're getting slightly off topic. Sorry, but sorry. I, no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to go further with it. Um, I would love to see a prequel uh, because, um, like, we talked about Joni and Cy uh, and Eddie, how they kind of come. We don't necessarily really know too much, even throughout the series. Uh, and even what we do know, I'd still like to see. Uh, and the early days, because Saul and um, uh, Seth uh, kind of knew each other since they were like 17 years old. So seeing them mm-hmm. kind of go through Montana uh, and seeing some sheriffing there with some younger actors would be cool. Uh, and Dan and uh, Al, mm-hmm. uh, I think, would be neat to see. Um, beside the point. Um, 
Yeah, they t- Al talks about how him and Dan and I think Tom Nuttall were the first people in Deadwood. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, he has that joke where he's like with the fucking beavers watching us like we was paid entertainment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, Tom comes <laughs> in and says uh, something along the lines. Or no, he, he's talking about how, yeah, they were the first people in Deadwood. And Al says, yeah, and you came over to talk to me with a knife in case the conversation went sideways. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's crazy how every character winds up getting rounded out at least a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... Dan, I would not. I did not expect. I didn't expect him to live. I thought he would. I thought he would have continued maybe to go against. At, like when he didn't kill the girl, I thought mm-hmm. it was like, oh well, that guy's gonna. Die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But instead, he's like fiercely loyal to Al. Mm-hmm. It has some sort of conscience. Like everybody has some level of conscience in the show. It's just they're or they have a code. Yeah. But like, there's more to him than I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna stay on the side train and go to Flora and Miles. Uh, this is Kristen Bell mm-hmm. and um, other guy uh, that that arrived. They're a um, a brother and sister that uh, have arrived in town with a fake story that they are looking for their lost father, uh, and they're basically there to rip people off. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, doesn't go too well for them. Uh, I remember the first time I saw that. That was a good twist because mm-hmm. I I took them at their word. As you mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, no. Because when you first... Kristen Bell looks so young in the show. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, yeah. when you first see her walk into the Bella Union or however that happens, you're like, oh, my God. They're going to get her hooked on, you know, opium and all this. Mm-hmm. This is going to be really bad for her. And then when she has that turn when you're like, oh, she's playing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still doesn't go well. But yeah, right. I remember being like, uh, being shocked by that twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to see how everybody all the different levels of, like, sort of creepiness that everybody reacted with mm-hmm. when there was, like, young, naive people. Like, yeah. I was just talking about Dan, and it's like, yep. well, that was creepy. Yeah. 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 I mean, even Joni was, like, att- like attracted to her. Like, it, there was a... Even mm-hmm. people who were well-intentioned, it's like, when there's, like, like, a woman comes to town or, like, a vulnerable person comes to town, people... I think they like they don't know how to act. Around yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. yeah. Well, I was just uh, it was just making me think because I do like Dan's character so much, but with Chris, Kristen's Bell character, like you see that like oh oh he's got yeah. like. He's got like uh, that's an uncomfortable crush that like yeah. she's too young to be looking at like that. Um, that's like the one thing I'm like, no, I want to just really be on your side, and this is making me not want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Jeffrey Jones took all those photographs up. Yeah, with his brand yeah, old tiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yikes. Uh, well, I mean, it is worth noting. It's worth noting that uh, Dan did not do anything, right? Uh, right. Except for kill someone. Yeah, he, he murdered a man for looking at her wrong. for doing what he was doing. Yes, yes. but he knows that oh, he didn't. He's not a creep. <laughs> he's like a lot of guys online, yeah. like replying to tweets and stuff. Yeah, like he's that. a reply guy. Well, he's just like, no, I look at her like that because I love her. You look at her like that because there's something wrong with you. Mm. Like, no, there's. Yeah. Something wrong with you. She doesn't get I a listen. job. I listen. I'm compassionate. Uh, she Always doesn't get a job lie. at the at the gym. She gets a, she ends up getting a um a, a job, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, at the Bella Union, uh, where she gets an admirer. Um, this one old, older man who just keeps coming around, who she eventually just like drops the whole act, and she's like, "Get the fuck away from me! Yeah, you mm-hmm. creepy piece of shit." Um, 
and Miles gets a job at the at the gym. Um, uh, and we see some decent moments with uh, with those um, uh, with those two kind of interacting a little bit. Uh, you see Joni uh, being too trusting and sigh mm-hmm. again right away. Like we have characters that just see a see a con and uh, right through it really really quick. Um, yeah, so Sai is on top of that. If I'm remembering it right, though, Miles, that's the, the boy's name, right? Mm-hmm. He seems kind of naive the entire yes. time. Like, yeah. He's definitely not in charge. Of yes. His sister's yeah. the brains of the operation. Yeah. Like, it seems yeah. like she told him, like, well, we are also looking for our dad. He'd be like, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. yeah. Yeah. And as he's getting killed, Sai, I think, says something like that, too, for letting your sister tell you what the fuck to do mm-hmm. every step of the way. Oh, I also, um, interesting character stuff is that after those kids are killed, uh, Eddie gets upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sai thinks it's because Eddie had a thing for mm-hmm. the boy. Yeah. And Eddie insists no, which mm-hmm. I believe Eddie. Yeah. You know, but I, Dude, I was it's curious just, about that. Like, did, oh. does he have a thing for young boys? I don't think he that? does. I think he's, I think he's probably gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, cause he keeps saying like, never a child. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I believe he's really him. Insulting. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's yeah. very yeah. upset about that. But Sai is so psychopathic and twisted that he's right. like, instead of thinking like, no, someone would just be upset because two kids were murdered. Right. It's that, oh, you had a thing for him. Yeah. I killed him. I, yeah. yeah, I think that Eddie wasn't used to like yeah. seeing close up that kind of brutality. Right. You know? Like he knows that a lot of bad shit goes down, but yeah. like having to sit there in the room and witness it was just mm-hmm. like too much for him. And right. made just, Joni come up too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah. to tra- traumatize both of his mm-hmm. right hand men. But mm-hmm. um I just thought it was interesting that's how size brain works. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it had to be about sex. You know? Right, yeah. right. I mean, if, uh, if anyone wanted to stop it, he does have the world record for fastest throwing cards. <laughs> so, <true. laughs> uh, so they get, uh, Kristen Bell's character gets tired of it. Flora gets tired of things, uh, tired of everybody around them, uh, suspects that Sai is on to her and says, like, no, we have to do this now, uh, starts moving, she goes up to Joni's room, starts uh, going through things, gets caught, um, and then Joni just kind of lets her go, uh, Sai's not, uh, not so fast, uh, and they take them outside, beat the living shit out of them, mm-hmm. uh, then bring them inside, and yeah, that's where that nastiness, uh, <clears throat> nastiness goes down. Uh, makes Joni shoot yeah. Flora, right? Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, Rough. Brutal. Yeah. And Flora was also playing Joni. Yeah. For, mm-hmm. I think I think Kristen Bell's performance is such that like she's trying to seduce her a little bit. Mm-hmm. But really what it is is it's more of like a maternal thing where it's like, oh, you're you're heading down the road that I headed down and this breaks my heart. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Joni just wants to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go on to uh, the dude, as they call him, uh, and Widow Garrett's. Mm. Ama and uh, I can't remember his uh, his first name. Brom. Brom. Mm-hmm. Brom Garrett. Um, from New York. The dude from New York. Let me tell. Is he is he sipping? Of course he's sipping. Um, these assholes. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was like countdown to when he was going to die. Oh, right. right. So from scene yeah. one, it was like, all right, I don't know how you're going to get murdered, but like, yeah, yeah. I don't know where you're going to get murdered, but like, I did not see. <laughs> yeah. Being more than a few episodes. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of the uh, Pinkertons? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, hey. Yeah. yeah. Sheila. Well, and also, I mean, like, that character in a town full of, like, people who have gone through so much 
and are like are like really callous themselves. Like he's you're watching him like through Alma's eyes, like and through the window, like pacing back and forth, like trying to get the courage to go into the gem. And it's just like you can't go into the gem. You're not. You're just. You're just not making it here. You just. And she's another one where, like, she's the brains of that operation, oh, Alma, yeah. but she's also in bed, wasted on opium <laughs> yeah. or laudanum, right? She's yeah. a dope yeah. yeah. Is, is laudanum, a, it's just a combination of opium and alcohol, right? I think so. It's just yeah. the two of them together like or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Just something. so it's yeah. easier to take. It's like a tincture, take. so you yeah. take it, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and like I think she's might be taking it because of how uh, much of an oatmeal person he is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's just him. I don't think it's just because like when we meet her father later, oh, like yeah. he's a scumbag. He so yeah. she didn't have Dad an easy childhood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We finally see the scumbag that yeah. he is. <laughs> that was I, I rewound that part with his, the confrontation with him. Maybe we can hold off on talking. I don't know if you want to hold off on talking mm-hmm. about it, but like the confrontation with him and Seth mm-hmm. um, at the end of season one where um, Seth confronts him at the Bell Union and he goes in this whole long thing about how like, I'm going to set you up for this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's true. I'm going to tell everybody yeah. that there's this thing that you have. You're in on his death and stuff like that. So if you hit me, like if you want to hit me, hit me, and then he just punches him in the face. <laughs> that's when it became yeah. like a huge show for me because yeah. like, I love they just punched him. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. He doesn't care about the consequences. He yeah. beat the crap out of him mm-hmm. until he was spitting out teeth. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was Literally. like, "Tell everybody." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally too, because at one point Joni brings a, a napkin full of teeth to Al. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Brom Garrett is uh, the evil leprechaun from Luck of the Irish. The Disney Channel original movie. What? Yeah. Hmm. Neat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so they. I was wondering where I saw him. From. That's where you saw him. I don't think I saw him. I've seen him from Psych too. Uh, he was he was a cop in Psych. I might have seen him on like, commercials for Psych. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Characters welcome. Uh, the 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 gist of their overall storyline is uh, at least as far as he is concerned is that they have a gold a gold claim that they're in town to buy, seal the deal on, and they're being played by uh, E.B., by Al, uh, Mm -hmm. and by Tim Driscoll. Right. um, Kind of pitting each other against uh, him. Uh, So So basically just Al. So basically Mm -hmm. just Al, yes. Uh, And uh, they see that it's... They assume that there's not really much much to this to this claim and they're going to make off with a a good deal of money after after they show like a little bit uh and um one of my another one of my favorite moments is um well um, my dear i do believe we've been duped Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) let's say we had an adventure that cost us twenty thousand dollars and we go the fuck home to new york Yeah. yeah oh and it's so sad when he goes back to eb and he's like uh, <clears throat> I've uh, I've had a change of heart. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to take you up on your offer, and EB's like, uh, I don't know what offer you speak of. You see, what happens when I drink too much? <clears throat> I sort of black out. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that you were drunk, sir. <laughs> I'm just saying that I do not recall the conversation. <laughs> uh, uh, this guy so squirmy. Yeah. So then he goes to this other plan, which is to hire Pinkertons to come and start investigating. And Al does not need. Uh, all of these um, detectives and whatnot and cops running around uh, the camp. So he concocts this very um, uh, crazy plan, uh, convoluted. Uh, 
kill the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's gonna kill the guy while uh, reconnoitering yeah. Graham, which mm-hmm. is a word I'd never heard before. Oh, yeah. this and they use it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we gotta reconnoiter it. Someone's gotta reconnoiter it. It's also we, yeah. They keep saying it over and over again to make Brom feel like oh, I don't know what that means, but they seem to. So we better do it. Yeah. Uh, so he takes Dan up, or Dan takes him up to mm-hmm. reconnoiter the uh, the claim, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which they didn't do properly. Did you get anybody to do it? No, I didn't do it. Um, well, could you take him up? I don't know, Al. I waited out there all morning for him. <laughs> Would you take him? Fine, I'll take him. Uh, and then uh, when he goes to kill him, Brom sees it uh, way too late. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, oh, Dan, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just throws him over the, uh, over the little cliff. And Ellsworth. And Ellsworth sees. Ellsworth sees. Yeah. Uh, played by uh, Jim Beaver, mm-hmm. uh, who you also see on... Most seasons of Supernatural as Bobby, uh, and uh, also he pops up in Better Call Saul too. Mm-hmm. Uh, another great character actor that's given a lot of time. Mister uh, Whitney Ellsworth, I believe, is his uh, first yeah. name. My yeah. dad knew Jim Beaver. Side tangent, but only because they were both huge fans of the original Superman TV show with George Reeves. And Jim <laughs> Beaver's written books about George Reeves, but they were from like very young age. They were in this thing, this like. Not secret society, exactly, <laughs> but it was like a fan club for the George Reeves Superman. And so my dad's been to multiple dinners and events with Jim Beaver. Oh, sure. and wow. He's always like, oh, he's a really good guy. Right? Yeah, yeah. This, they're called the Freemasons. <laughs> they're, obsessed with, <laughs> they're obsessed with the Superman television yeah, show. So they like the to season. illuminate the world with information about the Superman. So they also right. go by the Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> lizard people yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, my dad my dad was pals with Jim Beaver. Discre- just, just, just bragging. Discredit uh, Hollywood land on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, The other part about this quick storyline is that uh, the dude goes to uh, Wild Bill uh, before his death uh, to uh, uh, research things and and do it. And and Wild Bill's like, nah, please, you know, buzz off. I'm not I'm not dealing with this. He's basically like, you're famous. (laughs) He's a very rich guy mindset. It turned Mm -hmm. out like to be the right instinct because he's actually like was a decent guy who would stick to his word. Yeah. But he's basically like. You have star power, man. Can you mm-hmm. help me out? And he's yeah. like, no. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting involved here. Um, you, you should just leave. Just, just go. Uh, and before his death, uh, Wild Bill gives this uh, off to uh, Alma, uh, or, or Alma gives a try, approaches Bill to try and do this, uh, and then he hands it off to uh, Seth. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so then. After the death of the dude, uh, Brahm, uh, Alma, who's still in the camp, is now faced with what, what she does with this, with this claim. So then we have multiple scenes uh, and attempts to try and get the uh, sale because now we've discovered that, holy shit, we've, got rid of this guy, we've gotten rid of this guy and there's a lot of gold uh, and potentially a lot more gold. It's uh, a bonanza, Mr. It's a, yeah. yeah. I believe the uh, <laughs> uh, proper term is bonanza. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then that's that also brings uh, Seth and Alma hmm. into uh, each other's uh, lives. Yeah. Um, we talked briefly. Did you have something, Chilla? Oh, I was going to say it also brings Trixie and Alma together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, Trixie is there basically to try to keep her doped up. Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but it doesn't quite go that way. Uh, Al wants her doped up because uh, by Eb's um, 
uh, suggestion. If she's a little more doped up, then she's probably not going to be in her right mind, and she's probably going to be more likely to sell. Um, and uh, Trixie has dealt with uh, some substance abuse in the past, so she's a little more understanding and um, hesitant to push Ama in this in this direction, much to Al's uh, dismay. Uh, yeah, uh, we talked briefly about the about Ama's father. Um, so I don't know that we, do you have anything more on, on that interaction? I just wanted to say real quick about Alma and Trixie. Yeah. That's one of my favorite friendships in the show mm-hmm. because Trixie calls <laughs> Alma on her bullshit. Um, cause Alma's an amazing, she's like an amazing character and she's got mm-hmm. brains and, and balls, but, uh, she can be very full of shit. And I love that Trixie is the one who like calls her on it, who isn't afraid to, you know, put her in her place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took a long mm-hmm. time for the show to have a scene between two women but like it was nice when they finally did like yeah. it was very interesting to see uh, because the world was like it was almost exclusively male until they got in the same room with each other and then yeah. it became much more like and then more women came in with with Jane and then Joni later but like it was it was cool to see that dynamic finally mm-hmm. it was real. you realize that you haven't seen just two women in a scene yeah. the entire series for yeah. a couple episodes yeah mm-hmm and it's two women taking care of another very vulnerable little woman, you know? Yeah. Um, as best they can in this environment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, the uh, the plague has hit the camp. Oh. Yeah, bad oh, news. No. Oh, I just thought about the priest. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. that entire storyline was so... I'm sorry I'm laughing. It was really sad. Did he have? Did he have brain He got cancer? a brain uh, yeah. tumor. Yeah. yeah. A tumor. He had a tumor that, uh, I guess at first, just gave him seizures, then it gave him memory issues, then it gave him tremors, uh, and then just basically completely changed who, who he was, more or less. Um, but yeah, he, he was involved in the... Um, uh, in the plague story, uh, he was working at the um, the uh, camp uh, where the, the tents where they had ever, had the sick laid up. Um, so the plague starts when one of Sai's guys uh, or someone staying there, Andy, yeah, yeah, uh, comes and and he's sick with it. What's uh, the what's? Can somebody sorry explain what his relationship was to Sai? Was he just like a guy who spent a lot of money typically in their joints, or was he like a gambler? I think or was like, he somebody yeah. who worked for Sai? Gambler. Was gambler. I got that impression. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. like a longtime client. Right. Yeah. So he was like a <clears throat> high end gambler or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so he arrives, brings the uh, smallpox with him. Sai is kind of brushing this, uh, uh, sweeping it under the under the rug, uh, it, but it's too late. People are starting to get, uh, and it's smallpox, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, yeah. 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 Uh, that starts spreading, uh, spreading around. So they have that that meeting where I think it's the first appearance of the canned peaches. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Go get some fruit, um, and then he goes and gets the. Uh, it's Johnny, who's a great character. Yeah, um, Johnny goes to the uh, the preacher and says, um, uh, "I think it was a preacher." It goes, uh, uh, "Al wants you. You know, two hours. We're gonna have a, a meeting or something." Uh, and, um, what is, could I ask what it's, could I, could I ask what it's in, uh, about? Um, uh, Al doesn't tell me those things. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked me to get fruit, though. Mm-hmm. I know I gotta get fruit. This is gonna be, like, yeah. a very weird thing. Isn't it Jewel who first introduces the peaches? It probably, because Jewel's obsessed with cooking for people. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. That is, like, such a dumb detail. Uh, and I'm Jewel. like, I always think of, it's Jewel's so peaches. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk yeah. more about Jewel. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, God, she's so good. Um, and doing the the movie, from yeah. what I can tell, too. That's fantastic. That, that also comes... She comes up in that article about Milch having Alzheimer's. Um, mm-hmm. But just, like, it, she was in the last scene that they filmed, I think. And it was her and Ian McShane. And uh, I won't give it away, but that's, uh, that's worth reading that article. But something happened. She, like, couldn't get a line right or whatever and mm. it was very sweet talking about how Ian McShane was coaching her through it uh, mm. it was like very like heartwarming yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah so the plague is uh, starting to get uh, work its way around they set up the camp at the end of one of uh, the alleys um, over by um, the um, Chinese because uh, they are Chinese right mm-hmm. yes um, and they're they're over there and it's size lot uh, Sai has purchased a lot there, which they also make a, a deal to highlight. Al is like so annoyed at the foresight of, yeah. of Sai. Uh, imagine the fucking uh, foresight on this one. Uh, so he is uh, taking care of people there. The preacher is. Uh, Jane is there. She's found her her purpose a little bit there as well. Uh, and the doc, of course, is kind of helping helping people get their get their. Um, their health back. She's putting uh, wet, dirty rag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and giving them some air. Um, yeah. Which I did not think was going to be good for Doc. I was so sure. <laughs> I was like, he's around a lot of people. Oh, there's this scene where Jane finds, I forget the guy's name, but the first Andy. guy. Andy. 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 Yeah, because yeah. he's just, because Sai dumps him in the woods, and she yeah. comes across him while <gasps> she's right. in her drunken stupor. And she's close talking, like, yeah. really mm-hmm. close, and I'm like, oh, but that's yeah. Hey, don't it. put the water in his mouth. She's, right. she had it. She's had yeah. the pot. Okay, that's what a bunch they, of the people that are working in the tents. So the are. people who have yeah. the, they've There's, had it. Yeah. It's actually a fun scene. Too, but we didn't know that at the time. Right? Yeah, the the doc and uh, Jane have a conversation. Okay. Uh, and says that she was. She says uh, that she was around the pox when uh, her mom, I believe, had it when they were uh, growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, and it, it, he's trying to say the simplest things, and she is taking offense needlessly to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying that you're you've been around the pox? Yeah, I'm saying I'm around the fucking pox, motherfucker. <laughs> what exactly <laughs> don't you get? Um, I'm saying that you you're not you haven't been sick no I'm not sick motherfucker and, and, and so he is trying it's just a fun another fun scene of trying to have a very simple conversation yeah. with her um, well yeah. and I like uh, so we already saw that Jane can be very caring and a and a caretaker with the little girl but then like coming across Andy in the woods and nursing him back to health mm-hmm. and then helping in the tents like it just really shows like even though she is like this completely gruff woman who is like ready to throw down with anyone mm-hmm. who says anything to her even a compliment um but that she has this like other very like sweet loving side mm-hmm. um and it's also Andy who like when he's better and i think it's when he's leaving the tent or maybe when he tries to return to it like is that's when he drops the like well I'll come find you if there's ever like a calamity to yeah. to like connect that that yep. is calamity Jane mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. My other favorite awesome. uh, Jane line I don't remember what season <laughs> it is but she's like I will have a drink for sociability's sake and because I am a fucking drunk. <laughs> I was like oh sorry. yeah so with the uh, with the plague they give uh, the vaccine out free gratis. Uh, as they have a conversation about, how about just free? You can imagine this cocksucker wants to put uh, gratis in here. You know, does he want people to know that it's happening or feel stupid? Um, free gratis. <laughs> free means gratis. It's yeah. redundant. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah so uh, talking about 
um, the the Chinese, let's move to Wu. Uh, Wu and specifically uh, the Stolen Dope, which is where we get most of our interactions with, with Wu in this particular season that aren't just dumping bodies off for his pigs to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are your thoughts on the relationship between Wu and uh, Swidgen, as he mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. Swidgen, uh, calls him, uh, and uh, basically that smaller storyline is the stolen dope. Well, I mean, I think we can all agree that it's great that the first word Wu learned is cocksucker, and he uses it for <laughs> yeah. every noun. Yeah, um. yeah the the drawing. Um, yeah. So this is this is a, this is uh, this is one of your guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is a dead cocksucker. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, yes. So the dope was stolen by, uh, I guess, one of Al's guys yes. and one of size. Guys. Yes. yes, Jimmy yes. is um, Al's guy. Jimmy and Leon is size guy. Yeah, right. yeah. their respective heroin addicts. Also, their employees. Such great weasel characters. Oh, are they? Um, oh. That are just trying to talk their way out of everything. <laughs> I love that scene when. J- is that when he berates Jimmy and he shits his pants and he says to throw yourself off the oh balcony. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Yeah. Swayans, and I'll yeah. go right away. Yeah, and I just, yeah. I just want to give you a heads up before the yeah. smell hits your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the final scene with those two guys is just each of them in a bathtub. Yes. It's like a Cialis commercial. Yeah. Where they're just like having this conversation in the bathtub and Leon is so... Defiant, he really because he's high as balls. He's happy, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. He's coasting. He's doing the thing that like a couple characters do. It happens more in season two, where it's like <laughs> their big thing is racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> when even like there's a, a hint of a non-white person, it's like, oh right, everybody yep. is of course very racist. And, mm-hmm. But some some of the most stupid, most either drunk or high people are the most racist. The <laughs> yeah, but, mm-hmm. uh, just like in real life. Yeah, in season yeah. two, it's Steve the drunk is like the most racist guy. Yeah. Uh, who's a, a very frustrating character who yeah. I will think is Nick Offerman every scene until oh, for sure. they mm-hmm. cut him closer to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Leon is just like in the bathtub, living it up, and he is not murdered. Mm-hmm. Right. Only because then it like would create too much of a problem right. inside. Right. Yeah. But even though, but it's like the other guy at least is like, yeah, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I did it. Uh, and he's the one that gets to survive. Can I have another ball of dope before I draw straws? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like shaking his head. Mm-hmm. No, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so good. Pick a, pick a straw, Jimmy. Yeah. Pick a straw. Uh, so yeah, he. It didn't matter which which he picked. He was going. He was going to die. Uh, gets taken to Wu. Uh, but yeah, that whole scene, and they have multiple scenes. They had. They have at least one per season. Al and and Wu. Uh, that just involve a lot of yelling, a lot of cocksucker. Mm. And I think it was Johnny also in this season that says, those are the only cocksuckers that I ever heard come from Al's office that weren't said by Al, that didn't involve someone running down and Al chasing them behind, something like, <laughs> something like that. Well, that's like the other like, great part, right? Like It's like, Wu might be the only person. Like Seth, like he kind of has to respect, but Wu might be the only person that like I think like Al is like, Oh, you are me. Like, even though I'm racist, yeah, that's you're what like, you learn yeah. in the season. It's like, oh, he's the one who runs things on their end. Yeah. yeah. And there's the yeah. very interesting thing of, like, of yeah. like, he lets him come in the front door. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think you, Wu was presented as, like, not, not that he's clueless, he just doesn't speak English. Yeah. Right. So he doesn't have a sense of what they're talking about, but, like, it's very clear in that scene <clears> that Wu knows what he's doing. He <clears> doesn't <throat> care about going, and he's going to make sure he's 
let in through the front door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if he leaves out the back door. Mm-hmm. I like when Al tells the uh, uh, his horse, too, when um, Wu comes out of the door, he's like, if you're not treating yeah. him like mm-hmm. the biggest walking cock, I forget what he says, yeah. but like, yeah. you know, just stop shying away from him. I was when like, they, yeah, make Wu feel like, you know, the big man that mm-hmm. he is. When they go and they have that conversation in the freezer, too, yeah. uh, before they go in and when he comes out, he yells and uh, um, gestures uh and I think one, I think it was um, Dan said something along the lines of, uh, like, you know, they can't understand what you're saying. And he's like, no, but they can fucking see my, uh, yes. they can hear my tone and see my, my gestures. And it's, it's to build him, build right. him up. Yeah. Right. Uh, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, Al is an interesting thing. Yeah. I think he's probably one of the best characters um, uh, in any TV show ever. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, he's and so, I, he's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything more on Wu? I mean, that was, like, the the storyline is the one that precipitated, like, the finale, right? Like, right. that was, like, mm-hmm. the big main storyline where... And that's where Sai is, like, really evil at that point. Because mm-hmm. he's got Leon back, and he's like, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're going to talk about how... Uh, you're going to, like, make racism as big yeah. as possible in the town. <laughs> you're going to uh, hashtag MAGA. Yeah. Uh, you're going to stoke the, the flames. You're going to stoke the right. flames and, like, try to basically rip this camp apart for my benefit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Making the argument that, like, like telling the truth, pretty much like a white person got murdered because he stole opium from a Chinese person. That's fucked up, right? How would yeah. you take? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's insane. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because the the gist of, this, uh, of that moment was that they give one uh, one cocksucker, mm-hmm. uh, not two cocksuckers. Yeah, because um, that would be too many. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so the this yeah ties in to the the magistrate coming coming to town uh, and the idea of the the, the cavalry is also there. Uh, Al has a warrant out for his arrest in Chicago for killing a cop, um, and uh, there's the uh, possibility of getting pulled into uh, at least under the protection of being a territory of the United States uh, at this point. Um, they end up killing the magistrate. Um, that's how we also get uh, Silas. Yes, as a character. Yeah. yeah, is he? What is he in? It's the Man in Black. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's on Lost. Bosch. Uh, Bosch. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know a single yeah. person who's ever seen an episode. No, is he Bosch? Bosch? He's Bosch. Yeah. Yeah. Bosch. Bosch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does everyone know this show? Bosch. Bosch. It's, if you have an Amazon Prime account, they're constantly trying to get you to watch. It. You're it's like, Bosch. No. Oh my god! Yeah, but he's got gray hair now, yeah. and then Bosch has got gray hair, and this one he's got yeah. dark hair and a beard. Mm. Yeah. I've never seen Bosch. Okay, good. Uh, but Bosch is supposed supposed if you like. There's like shows, it's supposed to be pretty good seasons yeah. of it or something. Yeah, they're doing Goliath. I'm like, who's watched this? And then what's the what's the show with uh, Little Steven? Um, oh, with Little Steven's Lily Hammer. Lily Hammer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like The Sopranos. Yeah. No, not The Sopranos. No, he's hmm. he's Lily Hammer. <laughs> he's, it's like gangster in Norway. Or gangster yeah. in Norway. Yeah, it's yeah. like basically yeah. the same character, right? Yeah, he like, mm-hmm. it, but he like escapes the Norway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Saul and Trixie. Great. Aww, yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I know what's coming. Yeah. Sorry. I just really like that. Uh, I also like, I think it shows that uh, Saul isn't, like, I like that he doesn't look down at her for mm-hmm. her past and he's just, like, falls for, <laughs> yeah. yeah, true, for her present. Um, then he just, like, really 
connects with her and falls for her. And yeah, I it's exciting to see that like it's probably the first time in her life where she's had a man actually be interested in her and not just like uh, what she can offer with her body. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like cool to see someone experience that for the first time. Mm-hmm. I also like that uh, it proves that Saul's a catch. He's like a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. He doesn't want any trouble with anybody, but he's not like a coward or anything like mm-hmm. that. He's just mm-hmm. like, I really would like to move some of these axes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a show with like so many like you know great character actors, uh, I think John Halls is like my all-time favorite character. I love him. I love yeah. Saul. I think he's so Also good. on Lost, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was he? Yeah, he's the John Lennon-looking guy. I think of him more as Eastbound and Down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or the um, in uh, uh, Perfect Storm. Uh, oh, see, I know him from the movie. Like, what is it? You, me, and everyone in between. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's in. He's in everything. He's in yeah. so many yeah. things. He's the movie. in Eastbound and Down. He's weirdly inconsistent. He's he's kind of the same as Saul, where he's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. Why do you have to be mean to people? <laughs> right. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was my he was definitely like my Deadwood crush. Oh, for sure. Watching the show. Uh this Him doesn't play I like Jamie too. This doesn't go over too well with, with Al. No. Can't be free. Yeah. Yeah, Al is not happy about this and kind of more or less for the last couple episodes, there's just a uh, a wall between between those two. Yeah. Uh and I do love that one moment at the I think it's almost at the very, very end where uh, the piano's playing, Al's doing his classic, because some of my favorite moments of him are just hit, watching him watch other people right. react him to things. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. the deck or the balcony, just kind yeah. of looking over, and someone will come by, he'll make some comments, uh, or he'll just talk to himself as someone stands there being talked at. Um, and he's doing that, so the piano's playing, the fucking new piano uh, is is playing. Uh, and oh, and the Reverend is <laughs> like drawn to it like a moth to the flame. Yeah, kicking his heels. Oh, we didn't like a we didn't mention that. Um, but yeah. we'll get back to that in a moment. But the um, where he's looking over, uh, it's at the very end of the the season, and uh, Trixie's down at the bar and looks over and, and looks up and, and gives a smile. Uh, and Al gives this look like, oh, is that fucking right? Mm. Oh, is that where we're at now? Okay, mm. all right. And then you kind of see him like calm down yeah. and almost like. Every defense of the last couple episodes just kind of melts away with that one, yeah, one yeah. smile. Yeah, uh, I, it was nice to see him sort of let that go as mm-hmm. the show went on. I was yeah. worried that that was going to end badly well, for yeah. Saul or Trixie or both of them. And yeah. Trixie stays loyal to him too. Yeah, mm-hmm. she manages yeah. to be like, "Well, this is you're you're just my boss again, and, mm, right. and uh, this is my like boyfriend or partner or whatever." And mm-hmm. he, uh, she's a good home uh, work life. Uh, separation. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, like Al to like, compartmentalize. Like, yeah, Al gets over that. Al is like, well, I guess, I guess you are just my employee. Like, yeah, yeah there is like that. Like, oh. but he had a similar thing where it did seem like he, in the same way that he can't quite love somebody, he did love her. Yes, in a way, in sort of similar to like the side thing that we were talking about. But he was able. He's because I think it just shows he's not as purely bad as Sai that he can be like, well, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah, yeah, and I think like Saul like works for the town, so it's like it's it's good that he's fine, and I I can yeah, I think it's like good for it. business. Like, it's like fine. right, like yeah, just everybody being and happy is good for business. I think Al also sees uh, people people's value, so I think he knows that Saul is valuable. I think he knows yeah. that Trixie is valuable, so he's like, all right, mm-hmm. I gotta let them go. It's almost like they're family, like they're part yeah. of the family, so let them do what they're gonna do. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no need to kill them. 
Yeah. Um, the person that fares worst in that whole arrangement when Trixie goes off with Saul is uh, Al's, for lack of a better term, new blowjob girl. Oh, yes. yeah. Um, His new monologue assistant. I think it's in season one where he talks about his mother. Yeah, mm-hmm. who left him on the orphanage for yes. fat Mrs. Yeah. Anderson, who yeah. was actually running a brothel out of the back. Mm-hmm. Um, he wonders why he's like impotent later. All he does is talk about his mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, like orphaning him. Yeah. <laughs> but that that monologue is fucking amazing. Yeah. And it's wow. like something like you could never do that in an audition because it's mm-hmm. so filthy. <laughs> but he has that line where he says uh, he's talking about his mother and what became of her because he doesn't know and he's like she probably made her way to San Francisco where she became mayor or something and or a ditch for fucking cum. Oh, um, and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. my god, that's the most he, brutal. He just doesn't have right through, any know. mommy issues. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> Uh, we're going to move on because we insanely have to start wrapping this up. Um, there's just a little too much to, to kind of dig into with this uh, show for one, one episode. Uh, Bullock and Garrett. Mm. So Bullock is married. Mm. Uh, he married his um, brother's widow. His brother died uh, in one of the battles. Uh, and As was uh, the style at the time. As was the style. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so he married his brother's widow and has a stepson now as well. Uh, and he's there trying to get everything set up so that he can then bring them bring them to camp. Uh, he and Garrett start getting, getting on when, uh, in regards to this claim uh, and trying to deal with that. Uh, and even though Ama says that uh, you are you're released from any obligations now that she's out of her dope um, dope haze, uh, and he's like, nope, I'm gonna honor my word to Wild Bill Hickok. I'm gonna I'm gonna see this see this through. And as they're doing that, they they grow grow closer, um, very close by the by the end of things. Mm. Uh, any thoughts on their relationship? It was weird to see them be horny eventually with each other. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was weird when they were, like, passionate. The two of them were not very passionate <laughs> no. No. characters, yeah. or well, no. at least in that way. Like, um, he was quick to anger, and she was quick to, like, I guess also anger. Like, defend herself. <laughs> yeah. Anger mm-hmm. his is more like defending whatever his, his code was. So it was kind of weird. But it was sad when uh, it couldn't happen. Yeah. 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 Like, them getting sexy together, when she, like, starts to undress, and he's like, oh, do you want to... Do that behind the screen. She's like, "Well, doesn't that defeat the purpose?" It's like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh God, what?" I know you're like supposed to be like a super sexy man, but like, what? Like, have you ever? Well, yeah, I mean, to, like, yeah, to Dan's point, it's like, like these people, even in their anger, are two characters that have had sticks up their asses yeah. uh, the entire show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good for each other, though. Yeah. Like, I do love them two together. Mm-hmm. And when I know that we're season two, but. Maybe my least favorite character on the show is oh, Martha Bullock. Oh man, mm. she's set up in every show. Anna Gunn. Like, it's a shame. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's really a shame because it's yeah. not Anna Gunn's fault. She's a great actress. Yeah, it's just there's not a yeah. lot there. Well, she's set up as kind of a hurdle. Yes. <laughs> Although I do, I I like her. I mean, yeah. I I just from like not long after her arrival, like when she like is not stupid about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's not ignorant about everything. Yeah. And she sort of, like, forgives him and agrees to be like, well, this is, like, you don't really want to marry me, but, like, if you are going to marry me, like, you can get rid of our little bed divider. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking Bad solves the problem the way that this doesn't. Like, I mean, I don't think, like, narrative-wise, 
she's not meant to be, but at least Breaking Bad, like, eventually is like, oh, I might be wrong for thinking that she's the hurdle to stopping the fun. Like, yeah. for the first couple months, you're like, oh, let, let. Oh, I never got that argument. I was always with Skylar on Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. He was more than I was ever with him. He was, he was, yeah. he was killing people. Mm-hmm. By yeah. season four, I was like, oh, I'm mistaken. Yeah. I think, like, there's, like, a sociopath part of me that was like, no, let him have the fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weird thing people have with Game of Thrones when they're mad when not enough people die. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 they've been, like, promised blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm one of them. Uh, so one of the things I love uh, one of the moments I love again involves Al looking over over the balcony this time Seth is up there uh, and he's looking across Alma is in the window uh, and Seth and her are exchanging uh, glances and he looks over and he says something along the lines of you know, I haven't spoken one word to her since she's walked in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and maybe that's for the better, you know, yeah. with, the, with the whole claim thing and, and her relationship to you now, of course. Yeah. Uh, so again, Al just tipping like he's not, he sees everything. He knows what's so going good. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also so good, like script wise, that's so good for the show. <laughs> yeah. It's such a, like, it's a big cast, but in such a small location. Yeah. To, like, say that out yeah. loud is so yeah. funny. It's <laughs> almost like they were like, we should address that somehow. Yeah, so it's been too long to not address yeah. it. Well, it also yeah. sets it up so when they do finally meet mm-hmm. each other, it's like, whoa, yeah. it's like the event, you yeah. know, like yeah. worlds colliding. It's such a weird thing yeah. to be like, you definitely killed my husband. Right. <laughs> you definitely had him killed, and you pr- and like Dan, like yeah. you probably did it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But he did kind of suck. Yeah, I wasn't nuts about him, but I guess like, but the sh- I am rich now. Yeah. <laughs> the show does do a good job of showing that the evolution of that because oh, yeah, then ultimately bigger evils come in mm-hmm. where they're like no we're better together I think it just showed yeah, her yeah. becoming a, a like a legitimate very important crucial piece of mm-hmm. Deadwood where she's like well a I guess this, I guess I have my this is my place and I'm really important and I'm gonna yeah. let my stuff go because I have too much going on yeah. mm-hmm. and at one point she was prepared to move back to New York yeah. and just let people deal with things but she doesn't want to. No. She wants to stay there. She wants to run a bank. She wants to be independent, you know? Yeah. This is as much an opportunity for her as it is. And she's better off with that. You know, she was... I don't know where we come down on if she was a drug addict because she wasn't in love with her husband or what it is, but yeah. it's like kind of works out in her favor once he's mm-hmm. gone, you know? Yeah. Am I crazy if you're thinking she had had some sort of complication before trying to have a child? Yes. And that was maybe that where up. it came from? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Mm. This show does such a good job of, like, I think other shows put our own preconceptions on death. And, like, I think we live in a society where, like, uh, death is, like, hopefully, like, avoidable. Um in, in a lot of ways where like I think this show like everybody's very pragmatic about death mm-hmm. not that anybody wants to die but everybody's very like yeah we're frontiersmen like we're probably gonna die like right. it's more surprising that we're all still alive at this point than anything else yeah and also taking taking ownership over how you die mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes taking the life of others for the the, the greater good uh, take for instance as we were talking about earlier the the preacher uh, who is not well. Mm-hmm. He is just declining very rapidly, uh, and now is in Al's place. Al sees him, and Al wants him gone, but also sees, like, this dude is friggin' suffering. This yeah. is not This is not well. And it's also coupled with the uh, uh, prayer of, the, of, of Doc, um, yeah. of Doc Cochran. 
Uh, and he's also, like, please also, take him. The Reverend reminds Al of his brother, right, too, because sure. that comes up a few times yep. where he's like, I had a brother given mm-hmm. to that kind of thing, where he yeah. says it to different people, yeah, so yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. you can tell that triggers mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Al's uh, relationship with the preacher is, like, the most humanizing part of Al. Yeah. yeah. It's also a teachable moment for how to suffocate somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he plugs up his nose and he covers mm-hmm. his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Johnny, you want to be a rogue agent, uh, or a road agent? Uh, this is how you do it. Uh, and uh, tight seal, like a snowball. Yeah. Uh, so he puts the the preacher out of his out of his misery. Um, as far as big storylines, we touched on a lot of these. We touched on a lot of things. That's all we really we do is just a touch, um, as they say on the show. <laughs> um, and uh, but there is somebody that we really didn't talk too much about uh, that I want to end with, uh, and that is Jewel. Uh, um, I was going to say Merrick, too. Oh, yeah, Merrick. Well, yeah. we're talking a little bit about Merrick. Um, so Jewel- we're talking about Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I brought him up because I thought that we might go through the whole podcast without mentioning him. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Jewel and, uh, that for after. Jewel and Merrick, uh, any thoughts? Uh, oh, well, I feel like Jewel's like one of the few people who can really, like kind of like give it to Al mm-hmm. and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just really fun to see her like get sarcastic with him or just like totally fuck with him. Yeah. Um it yeah, cuz it's like you know so many people want to be able to do that and she's yeah. like she's one of the only people who can like really mm-hmm. do it. And he's so mean to her. Mm-hmm. Just, just thinking about the uh, the one bloodstain moments where uh she comes over and he says uh um How'd you do with that? How'd you do with that blood stain? I scrubbed it for an. I scrubbed it for like an hour. Did I ask you how long you fucking scrubbed it? I asked if you fucking made it go away. Uh, and then he, of course, has another one of my favorite lines: is that he slams it down after he's done cleaning. There. Now that's how you scrub a fucking blood stain. Uh, <laughs> like when uh, they're trying. I think it's when they're trying to find someone to take care of Sophia, and they're mm-hmm. thinking about Jewel. And Eb's like, "Oh, well, he does like to berate the Gimp mornings." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Jewel, the storyline with her like begging the doc to like get her a corrective boot mm-hmm. yeah which like i don't remember why he fought it so hard i guess he was worried about it like messing up the yeah. leg or like mm-hmm. i guess maybe i guess it was it, it was probably um, he it was at the time before they multiple times before they thought about what how it was like it would make her he's he's very concerned about the little mobility that she does have losing he, it. and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to fuck mess up. with it yeah. yeah i guess that was when part of medicine was like making sure things were painful but i guess it was, i think he was worried <laughs> yeah. about like the Corrected boot, not only, like, ruining what she could do, mm-hmm. but also, like, I guess there's, like, risk of infection or something. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, but, like, I like that storyline between the two of them, and, and that one episode ended with them. It was the same thing we are talking about the piano, right? Mm-hmm. Where the two of them were having, like, a nice, like, quiet dance together to the song. Yeah. And Al was looking around at all that, and he sort of, like, that was a grounding thing for me for the show. Is like, it's not just a show about conflict. Like, it's yeah. a show about, like, this small yeah. community and yeah. what people, and it's, like, that even if Al like doesn't think of it that way, and it's not what he wants in the front of his brain, there's something satisfying to seeing that at least as an audience member, and probably for him because he's like, this means it's working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love the um, uh, her excuse when she comes back from her trip uh, to the doc's office to discuss this. Comes back and so then he's like, basically like, where the fuck have you been? Uh, I got knocked up. <laughs> that was such a great line. I can't remember. Did he have an expression, or did he not believe her at all? I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember if he like was yeah. scared for a second or something. Yeah. <laughs> My only thing with with 
Merrick is um, a moment that I really liked was when he tried to start a club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the trying to start like an improv group with them, and they're just like, "All right, how about we just yeah. talk to you later?" Mm-hmm. We just about walk about calling we it a see club? each other. We see each other. Yeah. The most informal of social clubs, uh, where we just uh, do what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like, why don't we just do what we do? When we do it, <laughs> well, we could, but we can walk with the purpose of walking. And and Sal's, or, uh, Seth is just like, we have work to do. <laughs> uh, and and Saul is, uh, this has been this has been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charlie, Adder, I think it was Charlie. Yeah, Adder, too, right? yeah. just like, uh, yeah. What? Um, okay. <laughs> so, many, so many of Merrick and Charlie scenes are at the breakfast. <laughs> like yeah, I feel yeah. like too. Like mm-hmm. that's their yeah. that's their breakfast rest. Uh, Merrick, you know, uh, democracy dies in the darkness. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, one quick scene I didn't mention, just remembered, was the scene of uh, Utter and Jane at uh, Wild Bill's grave, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorites of the of mm-hmm. the series. With them talking the way that they do, uh, her just talking the way she does, filthy, and just kind of updating, like yeah. just summarizing what has happened in the show so far. Um, and then seeing them them struggle, and also Jane there when she's like, "I'm gonna stand, I'm, I'm gonna stand here so I can see down this way." The motherfucker comes from here. The cocksucker comes from this way. And Charlie's like, "All right, fine, I'll." Uh, and he just kind of stands next to her. Uh, so just their relationship too, I think, is one worth uh, yeah. just mentioning. Is all you can't see, but Mike, you did a great Charlie Utter just like <laughs> motion <laughs> there. Well, it's, well, it is well, how he moves. Well, it's very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and Charlie Utter opens up a, a freight business. Yeah. 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 Uh, Char- small Charlie business. Utter's a great. He's a great character. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not expect him to stick around just because mm-hmm. what little I had known of like Wild Bill and like how he was a real character and how Jane was. I, I know they like took super liberties with them, but I yeah. thought he was gone. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And then there was the he sort of became bonded to Bullock out of like I think he just sort of saw something of Hickok in him, mm-hmm. and he did oh, like, for sure save him also. Yeah. When Charlie was, like, left for dead. Yeah, yeah. Right. Charlie becomes deputy too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, and Charlie uh, and Joni really hit it off. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. that's a nice one. Uh, there is a ton that we did not go into. So sure. if, you're, if people are listening to this saying they forgot this part, they forgot that, uh, they didn't go into detail, I could have heard more about this, uh, you might. Uh, we might um, talk about doing a, uh, a longer version of this sort of thing because there is too much in this show to really cover an entire season in uh, a short amount of time. Uh, but with that said, we are going to wrap up season one right here, right now, uh, with um, uh, some some plugs. What do we got? Oh, well, um, for the month of May, uh, Hooch ha- is it's performing at 7 p.m. at Philly Improv Theater. And I'm going to enjoy that for that month. Cool. <laughs> Me? Nothing. Mm-hmm. My phone has not rung. Um, <laughs> this is Dan. <laughs> uh, and I will be uh, out of the country for 10 days. <laughs> uh, a Twitter, a social media, anything you care about? No. If, if you're curious, you will find me. Oh. <laughs> if you tweet it, they will follow. That's Daniel uh, Corkery. Rob. In June, you can see me and Dan on stage Monday nights at 9. Oh, yeah. So there is something coming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, along with Frank. Yes. Yeah. I knew you were here. Uh, and in that group. Frank, you uh, other stuff going on. I, my phone is also that In yeah. what? Uh, Bat Stevens, Mondays mm-hmm. at 9 in June. And then uh, when's this coming out? 
Uh, probably tomorrow. Oh, uh, oh then wow. Sheila and I are in Tiny Arson. Yeah. Uh, this upcoming weekend, Friday and Saturday night. Please come to that show because we like a big audience. Yeah, yeah. and it's good. It's yeah. a good show. I mean, I'll I'll go on a limb and say it's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frank. Oh uh, yeah, I got Bessie. That's yeah. Uh, at Home Run Farrell for my Instagram. Mm, cool. Uh, this is Mike. You can follow me on all the social things at Mike Marbach. Uh, and go to watercore.com for this podcast and others, including two that we're covering right now, which is uh, Killing Eve, fantastic show. Uh, we do a podcast called Eavesdropping, as well as Stark Raven Mad, a Game of Thrones podcast. It's the final season. We're doing two episodes per week. Uh, thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Frank. Thank you all for listening. Uh, bye. <laughs> Thank you.